Welcome to the Heal Through Play podcast, where we explore healing through play. I'm your host, Lisa Dovgush, and I am an alchemist healer, financial strategist, and play enthusiast, which means that I love turning pain into pleasure, making big money, and having big fun. My goal with this podcast is to bring light into the otherwise dark process of shadow work and healing. This podcast features guests from all walks of life who share their stories of healing mental, emotional, and even physical wounds through the magic of play. You'll hear from improvisers, comedians, artists, influencers, meme creators, and so many more incredible guests. Thanks for playing with us. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Heal Through Play. I'm so excited. I'm always excited. I feel like that's, I was just listening back to the episodes and I was like, every episode I started with, I'm so excited because I'm always excited because <laughs> I get to have all these incredible, beautiful people on the podcast. And today I have Jenna Love on the podcast, who I am actually just particularly very excited to have. Because Jenna is a dating coach, a dating guru, if you will. Uh, She is just, you know, it's in the name, love. She's just a lovey person. She embodies love, teaches women how to come into their loving energy and to attract the ideal partner. And Jenna and I, how did we meet? I can't remember exactly. I think we first met at the Business and Babes networking mm-hmm. event for the first time. And I remember, yes. yeah, so clearly you talked about Isis coming into the space. And I was like, hell yeah, this girl is so tapped in. I just fell in love with you from the first moment I heard you speak. So Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. And Jenna has such a vibrant energy. Like everywhere you go, you're just so vibrant. Even just it shows in like the way you dress and it just projects outwards which I just adore about you it's something that I really admire and there was this one time we were at a party and both of us were like sitting on this couch just talking and we were both just like you look so beautiful right now you know like I think I looked at him was like you look so beautiful right now and you were like I was just thinking the same thing about you and we were both just like admiring each other and then we both were like you know we're just mirroring back to each other what's within us it's just like this beautiful love cycle (laughs) yes so nice but yeah so I'm just so happy that I've gotten to flow with you and get to know you better and I'm excited to have you on the podcast to chat more about playfulness and how it shows up in the work that you do and how it shows up in your personal life, how it shows up in your healing. So I will hand it over to you, Jenna. Anything that you want to add to your introduction or if you just want to dive into chatting about play? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you so much, Lisa, for having me on. I got to listen to some of your earlier podcasts and I was like so inspired and pumped up to share my medicine as well. So thank you for this opportunity. And yeah, like Lisa was saying, I work with, you know, couples, my husband and I work with couples to help them reignite their passion and love and let go of resentment and really turn up the beautiful relationships that are possible within all of us. 
And then um, we work with singles as well. We host singles events here in Austin to captivate raising people's energy and, and energetic vibration to that um, frequency of love so that they can attract love within themselves and therefore on the outside as well. So um, yeah, my journey with play has been really deep. I was a school teacher for 14 years. So for so long, I wasn't allowed to play um, for myself. I was playing with little kids because kids learn through play. However, it wasn't for me. So I was missing that aspect for a long time. Um, and so since 2018, when I took the leap of faith out of the school system and jumped into entrepreneurship, I've really embodied what it means to bring play back into my life for me, because that's how I learn and grow as well. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, I adore that. I am having such a moment of clarity at this moment because I have spent a lot of time with children as well babysitting nannying and I adore it I love being around kids because of the playful aspect but I like what you're bringing up here around facilitating play versus creating play for yourself Mm -hmm. and the difference between that so I would love if you could dive a little bit into talking about what the the difference energetically has felt like for you when you were doing that and then now creating that for yourself. Yes. So for the past, for the last eight years of teaching, I was teaching preschool ages four and five. And, you know, it was play for them um, because we were in the sandbox, in the garden, you know, Um, but for me, it was more like, I was more focused on, okay, how can I take them to the next level? How can I turn this play into content? How can I, you know, make this a cognitive experience for them versus when I play for me, it's more of an embodying experience. It's like, how can I get into my body and out of my head? So that's where the difference lies. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I would love to hear what that journey was like for you, what you specifically did, and the experiences that you had developing that for yourself. Mm. Well, I think it all begins with um, well, a couple of things, one of which is like really tapping into our heart, because I think our heart is the... Um, it is kind of the home base for play. Whenever we're playing, we are acting from our heart. And then the other thing is to really, I, I had to ask myself, what did I love to do as a child? What did I love to play with as a child? And that really helped me get some good ideas of how to you know, rediscover what play looks like for me. So, oh, fuck, I love love as a child. I loved riding my bike. 
it was like I would make up these games and I would have to like go through these obstacle courses with my bike, like up a curve, down a driveway, like around a tree. And it was just like one of the funnest things and best memories that I have as a child is riding my bike through the neighborhood and just like being adventurous with it. So um, we have a trail outside behind our house and we went ahead and bought some mountain bikes and now i'm doing that exact thing every day i'm like you know whizzing around this tree and like going over this bump and it feels like i'm a child again so um again just really asking me what felt good for me as a child as a child i'd love to play with makeup and do you know cut my brother's hair and do my own hair so like now I really take the time to put on my makeup and like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to add some sparkles here and, you know, purple eyeshadow today and red lipstick and what colors can I bring into um, my visual, um, you know, forte for the day. So there's that. And then I loved swimming in the water as a child. And so I love to, you know, go to Barton Springs and splash around in the water. And I love to do what I call um, like uh, dance swimming. And it's kind of like an aerobic workout. I'm like swirling in the water and using all of these different <laughs> muscles that I wouldn't normally use. So um, it's like a way of, you know, play wor working out, but it's not swimming and it's in the water. And so, yeah, I love, I love uh, just tapping into what I love to do as a child. I love yeah. that so much. Thank you for sharing that. That yeah. resonates with me so deeply because that was a part of my journey of coming back to my inner child. And I was a big rollerblade girl. I, I rollerbladed around the neighborhood. And I remember I have this very distinct memory of there was this one stretch of road so I grew up in South Korea where cars I'm assuming now they're more common for people to own cars but it's pretty rare for people to own cars in South Korea because it's such a small country and public transportation there is so good that a car just is like a unnecessary thing so the roads weren't super busy growing up so well, we would have these wide roads but if it was like a side road it would rarely be used like you know it was kind of the equivalent to like a road in the neighborhood right whereas here I think neighborhood roads can sometimes be still a little busy but yeah they weren't very busy so I would just go up and down this one road for hours making up songs just like fully in my head <laughs> just having fun and so rollerblading was like big for me and it's funny because the last time that I went rollerblading because I've been rollerblading again and the last time I went was the first time in a while that it has felt like I was rollerblading the way that I was as a kid where I was just having fun, like I was just moving mm -hmm. my legs in ways that like I normally wouldn't, you know, just kind of taking little risks here and there, like, oh, maybe I'll fall, maybe I won't if I do this, you know, which is like very much what I did as a kid and then fucked up my knees a bunch, which was great, you know, it was great. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because I think you're touching on something that 
it's one thing for people who, you know, want to go on this journey and tap back into their inner child and do that healing and, and have that fun and playfulness for whatever reason, you know, whatever you want to do with that. Tapping back into that, it's one thing to just do the activity for the sake of doing the activity. And it's another thing to do the activity with the intention of fun, creativity, Mm -hmm. and exploration. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in the past, I've gone to rollerblade being like, I know that this is something I enjoy, so I'm going to do it. But I don't know that I was tapping into that sense of how can I explore in this moment and how can I make it playful in this moment and how can I add something in or do something differently that is going to stimulate me in a way that just doing the activity mindlessly is not going to, right? I love that you brought up um, two things that I think would be uh, great elements to kind of fill into that and it would be the exploration and also challenging ourselves. Cause think of it as a child, we were always being challenged because we were growing and evolving. And I think that that gives us that like boost of, of confidence that makes it feel so good when we're playing is, is um, when we challenge ourselves. That's why, why I think I enjoyed the obstacle course because it was like up a curve, you know, it was, it was challenging. So um, yeah, adding some, some challenges and then also the exploration, like that's what I would do with my pre-cares is we would go around with magnifying lenses and explore like crazy, like that's, that's where the juice is. I love to go in nature and just, instead of just like hiking and walking, instead of one of those people that's like, oh, look at this cool mushroom over here. And wow, this rock is so interesting. I wonder how it was formed like this. And, you know, just really like taking in the scenery and noticing things that are different and, and unique and then thinking about them. Yes. Yes, it's such a different experience and it's so beautiful. I feel like as adults, very commonly, we just get into the routine of things where it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go on this walk and we always have to rationalize things where we're like, I'm going to go on this walk because I need to take care of my body. I'm going to eat this food because this food is going to nourish me and I'm going to do this work because it's going to bring me money and value and whatever, right? And it's like, we get into these very... I want to almost say, I want to say masculine because the masculine loves structures Mm -hmm. and routine, right? So I think that we really get into these, you know, the fact that we live in a patriarchal society, which is hopefully leveling itself out pretty soon here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, the fact that we live in the society where the masculine traits and the structure and all of these things are valued much more, I think that we are then getting stuck in these routines where we're taken out of our natural ability to be creative to explore and I think this even goes down to like the emotional level where we want to like make sense of things and we don't actually just take the time to feel our feelings right and just like be with it so I'm curious to know this is kind of taking me into a place of how you see 
this playing out in the work that you do, the play, the exploration, the creativity? And if if you were to offer up some examples, if you feel comfortable, you know, of yeah. experiences that you've had leading people through that. Totally. I'm so glad you asked. I think that in regards to relationships, couples that play together, stay together. It literally can act as like the glue that holds a relationship together. So, I mean, there's so many different ways that we talk to our clients. There's so many ideas that we give our clients on how they can play because every relationship is different. Every person is different and what's play for someone isn't gonna be play for someone else, right? And um, the way that Sat and I play is gonna be different than another couple. So, um, but there are some, you know, generic ways that you can play, which are obvious, you know, um, which is like in bed, you know, like really exploring um, all, there's so many different games and, um, you know, games and and, uh, fun activities that you can do in bed that implore and that activate laughter and, you know, inside jokes and all of the things that really uh, light you up, right? Because think about it, when we play, we are, we're totally lit up. And so um, ways that Sat and I play um, in a sexual manner is, we love to do just a good old fashioned spin the bottle, but with an array of um, of options. So on our anniversary, I created a made out of cardboard, uh, just a circle, and then I divvied up the different um, quadrants of the circle, and I put in each quadrant like grab somebody's booty or you know do a twerk or you know now it's time for a blow job or whatever it is and it just kind of keeps things like um fresh and you know when you have when you never know what's coming next and that adds a whole nother element of excitement to it so even though there are things that we do all the time like you know grabbing my butt or whatever it is uh, not all the time but you know what i mean um it makes it more fun when you don't know what's coming. So just adding some elements of um, surprise to to what's coming next. And then, um, you know, we love to do things like um, have couples game nights with other couples. And, you know, we also, like to meditate after sex that for us it's you know not necessarily play but it's like um an exercise for our minds um oh and for growth one of the funnest ways that we use to grow together is we use a karma jar and uh, for instance like if we find one or the other playing the you game trying to blame something on someone else then we need to give you know, or they need to give $5 in the karma jar. So, and it makes it funner and it makes it um, like more of like a, a game when we are keeping each other accountable with some sort of um, 
some sort of tangible thing that that we can just like call a karma jar. I don't know. It's it's been a really fun way for us to keep each other in check, but with and knowing that nothing is really serious. Like it's not it's not the end of the world. Um, and whenever we have and it kind of like keeps comfort, it light. Confrontation. And whenever we have instead like comfort, of confrontation, you know, sometimes uh, instead about of it, you know, we uh, will turn it into a song. It. Like we will you left the dishes song. in the sink like, again. You left why, the dishes why, in the why? sink again. You know, like turning it why, into why, why, why. so much. You know, like turning it into <laughs> turning it into <laughs> so something lighter versus turning it something into that's so something heavy and like lighter versus normally would you know so heavy and like triggers would normally would you know tr- that would then triggers would some sort of fight that would then some sort of down spiral instead of a fight or some sort of down spiral instead of playful that and, choosing to um, make it lighter for playful and um therefore transmuting it to yeah something funner yeah wow these are such beautiful offers i do want to hear more about the karma jar so you were saying that y'all will put five dollars in it when you're playing the you game so is this like victim victimizing mindset or like what's the actual dynamics yeah so i mean the you game is not a fun game (laughs) it's one that we try to avoid it can be fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah it can be fun it can be fun but not a game you want to play all the time (laughs) yeah sometimes i mean we'll do it on purpose like well you and you and then we laugh about it like it's it's it can be just kind of an inside joke because we understand we know what's happening there and we're aware of it but um if you know whatever it is that we're trying to work on at the time so early on in our relationship there was some some blaming that took place and we were trying to kind of wing ourselves off of that and so we always you know come up with strategies to incentivize us to not do that anymore and having to pay up definitely works right so so so, the goal is to take responsibility rather than blaming the other person so looking at what parts within you are being triggered by the situation and that what can i do to or i guess what can we both do but you know what can i do best to alleviate the victim mentality that's coming and being like, oh, poor me, this person's doing this. Is that, yeah. am I saying along the right lines? Absolutely. Yeah. Taking full responsibility for what's coming up for you and then learning how to break that pattern and change the language, right? That you're telling yourself. And um, yeah, it really, it really does wonder. So needless to say, we broke that that pattern pretty quickly. So, I mean, there's an array of things that we're always, you know, working on. Like right now I'm working on, um, I have this like innate part of me that likes to say, oh shit, when I see something that's like shocking and I really don't want to give off that, that oh shit aura. Like I don't want to create more shit in my life. And I understand that what I say is going to create my vibration and therefore my habits like it there's a hey you don't want any more shit (laughs) exactly exactly so i'm trying to get rid of that old habit 
And so whenever I say, oh shit, um, it would be like, oh, I ca you caught me doing it again. Oh, sh oh shit, I need to put five more dollars in the, in the karma jar. So um, it, it, it can be for anything. It's a great way to, I don't know, just like keep each other accountable. I love yeah. the karma jar. What do you do with it then? What do you, what does yeah. the karma money go to? <laughs> Donations? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can go towards a splurge on, you know, a vacation or massages was one of our favorite way to spend it um, or just, you know, back in the bank account. Um, but uh, I, I like the massage way. <laughs> Massages are um, one of my favorite things in the whole world. So I'm always like, let's go get a massage. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And after all that work, it's nice to be able to treat myself with a massage. So yeah, I love the there's so many things that are going off in my brain right now. The most important that I want to point out is a couple of things with stepping into that playful space. So with wanting to improve a relationship, wanting to create more play in a relationship, creating a stronger dynamic, it's important that both people want to, right? Because if you're not a full yes, in the moment of whatever offer your partner is bringing to you of play, then you're going to stagnate the energy, right? And you're not going to make any progress. And so I think it's important to note too, what we're talking about parts here and the karma jar, I think is, is genius for this is recognizing where you are blocking yourself off where you're the problem, right? And I, I don't like that languaging, the problem, but it's like the easiest way for me to describe it right now, where you are blocking the energy that you want to receive, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to create more play in your life, then you have to be open and willing to playing the game of we're going to put, you know, spin the little wheel and it's going to be an unpredictable outcome. And I'm going to, you know, be open to saying yes to that in the moment. Like I'm going to be enthusiastically happy that you're tickling my left toe or whatever right. the <laughs> thing is. Right. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a buy-in from both people because otherwise mm -hmm. it, it does stagnate the energy. And then it also, I think, you know, people, I, I like what we're talking about with taking responsibility here, because that really is all it is, right? Like we create the energy that we want in our lives, whether that be through changing the dynamic, the dynamics or, of a relationship, or whether that be, you know, saying maybe this isn't right for me, or, you know, setting those boundaries or not settling or like whatever it is, we are the masters of our own reality. And so we have to recognize what is it that I want and where am I standing in the way of that? Because that's a hundred percent always the case, <laughs> right? It's always you're standing in the way of it in some way by not acknowledging, communicating and following through on some kind of need that is showing up here, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like compromising in some way. Yeah, blocking ourselves from our own joy because there's the negative emotions and yeah, those can be released. And what are your blocks? Where are you blocking yourself from the joy, from the 
pleasure from the play. Yeah. 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 And the second point that I was going to make is I love how much playfulness you're describing in your relationship and that you get to guide people to create more of in your life, in their lives. Because I believe that light is the purest and easiest way to heal and clear and alchemize anything and everything. And I think that laughter and joy and humor is the brightest light. I think it is the closest thing that we have to God, to God's source energy, to love. I think it is one and the same. It shares the same vibration. And so what you were describing about being able to have these these conflict situations or have these difficult areas of life and being able to make them fun and like singing the worries and whatever it is, right? Like Mm -hmm. that just to me seems like the easiest, quickest way to figuring out the issue, right? And like alchemizing it and transmuting it and bringing both people to a state of neutrality where you're much more receptive to what's being presented because that's really the key for me here of what you're describing like the making making it playful you know the conflict is it is a total pattern interrupt and what you were saying about the reaction piece right like people are not going to you're not going to react in the same way that you normally would being presented with something when you know they do it upside down or they sing it to you or you know whatever whatever the case is Right. It's going to be a total pattern interrupt. So I think that it actually like pushes past the parts of you that come up in response to the parts of them that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And so then you're able to push past the parts and just like really see each other in your light and in your essence and recognize, okay, I am more than willing to do this and give this and create this with this person because I see them for what they are. And there's not like a part coming up within that reacting to the way that it was presented. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, we are definitely, um, when we say it with love and kindness and some, and we feel good about what we're saying and we're, uh, there's a lightness to it. It's much better received than the opposite, right? When it's heavy and, and it's more of, um, kind of a defense or yeah. Yeah. Reaction. Mm -hmm. For sure. And yeah, and something I've noticed recently is going back to that openness of being willing, buying in to whatever is being presented. For me, that's been buying into vulnerability and buying into open communication with people in my life. And I found it's such a better experience when you come to someone about some conflict or issue that you're having and you say hey I would like to figure this out together right Mm -hmm. and then you're able to actually have a conversation and see each other and whatever's coming up rather than it being this one-sided thing of like this is what I'm feeling the you game right it's the you game Mm -hmm. and when you're able to come together actually and say hey I want to resolve this together and like find a solution together which I did very recently with a friend of mine I was stuck on something in our relationship and I was like, 
I'm, I've come to these conclusions, but I want to talk to you about this, you know, and then we were able to have a conversation. And then it was so interesting seeing the immediate shift that happened after we had the conversation, how much more both of our hearts were open and how much more Mm -hmm. we felt safe with each other because Mm -hmm. we had come together and looked at it as like, it's us versus the problem, not Mm -hmm. like you versus me. Right. Right. And once the problem was resolved, it was like immediately we felt so and we both vocalized it too. We were like, I feel so much safer with you right now and so much more comfortable and just like so much more love. And so I think that's another piece to look at for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We love, love, love to spend time together and um and play, like cuddling with the dogs and you know, like who's going to make it to the end of the pool first. And, you know, we have a dozen like inside jokes together. And I think it's important just to, to remember that even when you feel like somebody's done something wrong or bad, that nothing really matters. All that matters is the love that you have for that person. And by how you react to it is going to show them how much you love them. Right. And yeah yeah I love it thank you Mm -hmm. so I would love to hear if you have any examples of helping clients and the way that they were able to find more play and just have such a juicier better relationship as a result yeah yeah so I love it um, when people are in flow because that means that they are following their hearts and that they are tapped into their joy, right? So one of the tasks that I give my clients who really are lacking like um, self-love, self-worth, and they're really kind of struggling with conflict within themselves is just to really drop into flow and whatever that looks like to them. Um, for me, it's hula hooping. Oh my gosh. Hula hooping brings me so much joy. It is creative. It is, you know, like absolutely the perfect example of flow because you're literally just giving the hoop some momentum and then following where it goes. And so it can look like, you know, um, whether it's singing, skating, whatever flow looks like whenever they're in their body and out of their head is going to be where they can tap into that joy. So finding love within themselves first through through joyous actions is key. Um, and let's see, what else? I love to um, do uh, mirror work. Um, I know that it really helps boost the self-esteem and helps uh, clients really fall in love with themselves all over again. So that's something that I like to recommend for my clients is to really look themselves in the mirror and say, I really love you. I really, really love you. And just like eye gaze with themselves for um, 
you know, anywhere for five to, from five to 10 minutes. And that is just beautiful and so profound. And there's a lot of um, clearing that can happen with that work. What else? I like to recommend also that um, clients really tap into their fifth chakra, their voice, like really open up that truth within them that they're holding back. So um, that shows up a lot of times like in bed with partners, people not being able to speak their truth. And so uh, that's something that I work on with clients is really helping them activate the voice within them, their inner voice, their inner truth, so that they can, um, you know, get their needs met, get their desires met and be heard clearly. Yeah, I love that. That's such an important piece and it very nicely transitions into what I wanted to ask about and what I wanted to chat about is with singles as well in dating, how different, because I've, I've been seeing this show up in my life so much recently because I've been dating and being a, being a single myself (laughs) and uh, I've been dating and it's been interesting seeing, like I have another friend who recently got out of a relationship and I have become so playful in my dating life it's it is this understanding of nothing really matters and also activating the the throat chakra and knowing what I want and being able to communicate that and something else I've also realized the download that I had a couple days ago is sometimes it's not even communicating it to the other person sometimes you don't need to because you actually don't owe the person an explanation you know mm-hmm. at, 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 at certain times and so it's actually comes down to your own truth and owning it and not because I felt like what was happening with me a little bit and then I recognized and was like oh actually I don't even need to do this I felt this obligation to tell the other person like this is why mm-hmm. I don't want or this is why this is not aligned for me, or this is why I don't want this, you know, type of dynamic or to go on this type of date or whatever, right? Or even just cutting off the connection, being like, I, I don't, I just don't see it going anywhere, right? I felt like I, I felt this sense of obligation to like explain. And what I realized it was coming from is a part that doesn't feel confident enough in just my ability to say no, and that be enough. And so I felt like I needed to overcompensate and open myself up in ways to people that I don't need to, right? Like that I don't want to. And so for me, aside from that, dating has been so fun because I'm very clear on what my intentions are with it. I'm very clear on what I'm looking for, what I'm willing to accept, what I'm not willing to accept. And I just play in that and I have no judgment or attachment to if something doesn't pan out. And there's some a very interesting thing that I've been talking about with a few of my different friends of where now recently this time around of dating for me, I found myself in the space of, it's just such a deep place of play where 
I am so open and willing to romanticizing and fantasizing and creating storylines. And that's one of my favorite things about myself is that I'm able to do that. And in the past, I've always done that, but then it came with an attachment of if I'm fantasizing and romanticizing this person or this connection, then I'm creating this attachment to them. And if it doesn't work out in this certain way, then it's unworthy or it's whatever. And then, and then I get hurt. And for a long time, I thought that meant that I had to be this like guarded person where I'm not, you know, diving in and fantasizing, romanticizing and doing all these things that I love doing. I love doing it. I love being in that space of like being just like taken over by the emotions and just like reveling in the love and in the fantasy and all of it. And what I realized is that it's really not about not doing that. I can still do that. It's just a matter of being detached from that outcome. Mm-hmm. So I had this happen several times this, this this time around of dating where I would find someone that I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so great. And, you know, the dates are great. And then I like, have all these, all these things that I'm looking for. And, you know, just like romanticizing and fantasizing about a potential future. And I love doing that. And what I realized is when things didn't pan out and things were presented to me, you know, where I'd set a boundary and they wouldn't respect it. And I was like, okay, this is definitely a red flag and I don't want to continue sinking into this connection, I realize that when that happens, I'm completely validated and saying, actually, this is not what I want, and I'm looking for what I want, right, and, like, cutting off that connection, and that does not invalidate all of the feelings and the joy that I felt previously, right, like, all of that is still valid, I experienced all of it, and all of it is still beautiful, And so it's this very interesting energy of play where it's like, almost like I'm diving into this like archetype, these like archetypes and these like storylines, and then like being able to just like draw back and be like, oh, back to like neutrality, because it's coming from this mindset of abundance, rather than a mindset of lack where it's like, oh, I've experienced this with this person. So this must be the only opportunity where I can experience this, which is how I experienced it in the past. And now because I'm coming from the space of abundance, I'm like, oh, it didn't work out with this person, but the fantasy still lives, right? The vision still holds true, even if the face is different. Mm. Yeah, I love that you stay unattached. That's huge and uh, really, really um, unique because most people do get super attached to, you know, their fantasies and especially with all the programming we've had around, you know, uh, romantic endeavors and how they are forever and they, you know, it looks like this and I love that you are able to step back and just be neutral about the outcome. It's huge. And it's going to get you far because yeah, when you get caught up in the stories, that's where, um, you know, the drama and pain comes in. So yes. Yeah. And I definitely notice there are parts that will come up that want to cling on. And then it's just this process of going within and being like, is this the truth? with a capital T? Is this the truth of the situation? Is this the truth of what I want? And am I upholding my own boundaries? Because that's what I noticed with myself as well as like, 
I would meet someone and there was a part of me, I call her cool girl. And she comes up and she's just this like, uh, like, yeah, I can hang. I'm cool girl. It doesn't matter. I don't have any expectations. I don't have any. And she's just like willing to let anything and everything slide because she's cool girl. And I noticed this part coming up and I was like, okay, I see you part. <laughs> and I was able to like, you know, kind of make peace with that and letting her know like, hey, this actually isn't serving us holding the vision of what we want, right? And what we want is someone who is XYZ and is all of these things and able to provide all this, right? Like we have this vision and cool girl is, is not helping it by, by compromising our boundaries and what we actually want, right? So that, that was an interesting thing. So I'm certainly not saying that I haven't had, you know, moments of, of getting caught up, but it's been very interesting seeing the way I'm able to really maneuver through it and move through it. And then even keep those connections and redefine those dynamics, because I think it specifically comes up when we meet like soul fam, soul tribe, we meet people that like, we have such a deep connection with, we have like a soul resonance with, perhaps we've had past lives together. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the waters can get a little murky because then we're like, I will sacrifice everything for this connection. Right. Mm -hmm. But it really is just coming from the space of lack of communication. Cause when you actually communicate with the person, you get clear on like, what do I want? What do you want? Does that align? And how can we make it work? Then you actually realize that there's ways that you can set up the dynamic and maybe there aren't right. Maybe the answer is that you can't, be connected because you have parts that are like way too activated and need more healing and like that's fine but we we were we were able to just like maneuver the dynamic and like set it up in a way where okay we we can be friends right and like I'm so happy being friends with you and I love you and like that doesn't negate anything that I felt right like all of that is still real to me and was and is but now it's in this framework in this framework of friendship right which is like I've like never been able to do that. So I'm like, wow, I'm so proud of myself, you know, <laughs> and like just sinking into it and be like, wow, yeah, this is good. This, this feels good. You know, it feels in alignment. And I love the piece you said about recognizing that there is no such thing as permanence. Mm -hmm. So I think that's huge. I was just talking to a friend who's also gone through a similar journey um, and she actually just committed. So they just committed. So now he's her boyfriend, but yeah, she, there was a part of her that really needed things to feel very permanent. And they feel like there's a lot of potential in the connection and they really want to grow together and all of these things. And, and there's so much love, but they feel like maybe it's not a, maybe right now it doesn't feel like it's going to be a forever thing, right? But they still want to have the connection. Like they still love each other and adore each other so much that they're like, I want to have the connection now. So for however long that is, like, I want that. Right. And mm -hmm. like committing to that in, in that way. And so there was a part of her that was coming up that was like, yeah, I need it to be permanent. I need like lifelong and recognizing that things can change. Like we're always changing, right? Even something you thought was permanent yesterday could very quickly become temporary. Like you don't know, right? And like being open to that and making peace with that is so important. Yes. And every relationship we have is 
is a learning experience, a, a opportunity to learn and grow. And that's what this life is about is our soul's evolution. So um, yeah, that's why I, I don't like to um, tell people like, oh, you're going to find your forever partner. Like, no, you're going to find someone to practice love with because that's what we're doing is we're practicing on loving others and also loving ourselves because they are mirroring back to us what's what's going on with us so that we can clear our own shit, right? That's what we've my husband and I truly believe that um, our relationship is a spiritual journey together of our soul's evolution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're going to find mm -hmm. someone that you can practice love with. Mm -hmm. Wow. That just had so many things went off in my brain just now. I was like, wow. Like I felt that because mm -hmm. that's how I feel like with my best friend. I feel like it's we're practicing love with each other. Mm -hmm. And with this friend as well, I'm like, we're practicing love with each other. Like all these people that have come into my life that I feel such a deep resonance with, we're just practicing love with each other mm -hmm. in the way that makes the most sense that serves both of us best and, you know, meets, meets the needs that we have for that dynamic. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a beautiful place to start coming to an end. So Jenna, um, I'm wondering if there was anything else that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to touch on. And also if there's just a final message that you would like to share with the listeners, what that would be. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, I feel like I would like to touch on how um, playing is not worrying about the outcome, right? When we play, we just let go of the expectations and um, just be here now. And that's that's what I love about play so much. And same thing with dating. It's like, forget all the stories about like the future and, you know, stop thinking about way down the line, focus on what you have in front of you right now. So that's, um, something that I would like to share. And then in addition, if I had any like advice for people about how to really activate the joy within them, it's to figure out what brings you joy and do it for at least a few minutes a day, you know, or at minimum a few times a week, like make it, put it in your schedule, make it happen because in this day and age, we're so driven, we're so in our masculine, it's super important for us to make time to enjoy life because we only get to live once and life is short. So let's have fun. Yeah. Yay. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Jenna, I would love for you to share with the audience how they can find you if there's any offerings that you have that you'd like to promote. Yeah, thank you. So wonderful. I'd love to continue this conversation with everybody about how they can bring more play into their relationships and life. Um, you can send me a direct message either on Facebook. I'm just Jenna Love, <clears throat> excuse me, or on Instagram. I'm Jenna Love to you with the number two. And then I 
Also with my team, uh, we offer a love attraction package that's our free gift to everyone who wants to, um, you know, learn more about how they can manifest a partner. And you can find that at www.consciouslovecoaches/gift. Perfect. And I'll have everything linked down below. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Lisa. I'm so grateful for you. Yay. Oh, and I have two Facebook groups. I have a Conscious Connecting for Singles in Austin Facebook group, and then also a Conscious Love for Couples and Singles Facebook group for just anybody in the world who wants to join. Amazing. I'm going to have to join both of those. I'm hearing yeah. you talk and I'm like, I need all of these, all these things. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to be a part of it all. <laughs> Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much, Jenna. What a joy. What a gift to have you on today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I will see you all next week. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Heal Through Play. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review and feel free to share your thoughts with me through an Instagram DM. I'd love to hear how this episode resonated with you. Also, please check the show notes for links on how you can connect with me and the guest of today's podcast. There's also a link to a form you can fill out if you'd like to be featured on the podcast and share your stories of healing through the energy of play. If you're seeking to work with me, I'm currently taking on clients and business partners for my financial services business. My vision is to have 100 licensed agents in the U.S. by 2023 and help 100 families become financially literate and create generational wealth. So if that's calling to you, send me an email at contact at lisadovgish.com or send me an Instagram DM at lisadovgish. Again, thank you for tuning into this episode and I cannot wait to connect with you. Until next time.